0: Happy Thanksgiving. And I wanted to just take a few moments to stop whatever you're doing and move yourselves toward an attitude of gratitude that even in this season can be hard for us to do. We have so much to be thankful for. I I personally have enjoyed and really loved and am thankful for this journey that we're on here at Renfrew Baptist Church. We've talked about some disciplines, some things that, that are important to us that I believe in my life, if I was to evaluate my life, have slipped over the last a few months. There's an old saying, and once again, we'll bring turkey into it. There's an old saying that says something like this. This will date some of us. It's hard to soar with eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys. In many ways, that saying is true when we come and look at our spiritual life it's hard it's difficult to be a disciple to grow to mature to become all that God intended us to be when we're bogged down with this desire just to make it when we're surrounded by people who seem unable to even focus on what's next so Pastor Trent and myself have begun this journey of, what does it mean for us to grow together? It's really about developing the whole person. We've talked about the importance in in week one that we need to confess our sins one to another. Last week, Pastor Trent led us in, what does it mean to, to have spiritual direction for our life? For some of you, I know that you were getting out into the mountains, you were working to just get that last chance to be outside, I want to encourage you that if you haven't seen these videos, that you go back and and spend some time to catch yourself up. But in those sermons, in those sermon series, we're we're encouraging you to do something. Today, at the end, Trent's going to come up and he's going to lead us in in an action step. We don't want to just talk about these disciplines and go nowhere. We actually have to work on it. Have you been doing those things? You need to. It is one thing in the Christian life to say it. It's another thing to actually commit to doing it. How do you go about becoming a disciple? How do you go about growing in your Christian life when all the things around us impact our, day, our lives daily? Let me pray. I, we're going to just pray that God would be a God who speaks to us. I know in many of your homes you probably have the turkey smell wafting in. It's easy to get distracted, but let's pray that God speaks to us. God, in the next few minutes, we want to hear your voice. May you be strong and loud. May my friends not see Matt up here. May they hear words from you. We love and adore you. You're a great God. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Now, I don't I don't like pumpkin spice lattes, but this fall and moving into the winter, I, I love this time of the year. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the, the memories that are attached to, to this time of year. I know that our routines are different. Even this weekend, my family's routine is different. And we can feel like we're, we're losing out, like we're, we're missing out on something. But I I still like something about this season. and You can't take it away from me. Now, some of you might think this is really weird, but I love the time after the big meal. After the big meal is served, the celebration has happened. You know that, that quiet time. The time where, where people reflect on, on what happened. Maybe you're cleaning up the dishes or you're, you're resting because you've eaten way too much. The time where we maybe have sports on in the background, but it's quiet. You know, quietness is, is good for the soul. Anytime we're quiet, it actually refreshes us. We need those moments in our life where we're actually quiet. My hope and my prayer for you this Thanksgiving weekend is that you would actually catch a moment of quietness. In this season where noise seems to have distracted us, it's interesting that for all of our crowded spaces, our endless and instant connections, many of us are still profoundly lonely. It seems that many of us seek the the noise of the world in order to push away the feelings of loneliness. We can cultivate, we can actually grow an inner solitude and silence that sets us free from loneliness and fear. Loneliness is is inner emptiness. Solitude is inner fulfillment. Bonhoeffer in his book, and you're going to see this on on the screen, Life Together, throughout this series, you're actually going to hear Pastor Trent and myself quote a lot from Bonhoeffer. He says some powerful words. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Each by itself has profound pitfalls and perils. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into the void of words and feelings. And the one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation and despair. But you might be like me. That sounds like a great quote, but you might be like me that simply goes like this. I get nervous in quiet. I want to talk so that there's no quiet. I want to I want quiet to be really short in length. I really just want noise. Our culture just seems to be out of balance in the direction of community and constant activity. The problem is that in moments of, of solitude, that's where we find direction and purpose. We don't need to look any farther than looking at Jesus, the, the model for life and ministry. Jesus spent a considerable amount of time in solitude. It's pretty amazing when we look at the number of times that Jesus committed to solitude being a part of his life. Let me just give you a few of those. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus started his ministry with 40 days alone in the wilderness In Luke chapter 6, before he chose his 12 disciples, he spent time the night before all alone. In Matthew 14, when he heard that John the Baptist had been executed, he withdrew to a lonely place, Matthew the author described. In Mark chapter 1, after a long day of work in the morning, a great while before even the sun came up, he rose and went out to a lonely place. In Mark chapter 6, when the twelve returned from preaching and healing, Jesus told them, let's go, come away to a a lonely place. In Matthew 17, the three disciples went up on the Mount of Transfiguration to be alone. In In Matthew 26, before the cross, he went into the garden just to be quiet. It appears that, that Jesus turned to times of solitude as he faced the challenges of life. You're going to see this on your screen. Solitude is a powerful tool for living a balanced life. It is more than just simply a state of mind. It is more, sorry, it's more a state of mind than a particular place. Some of us feel like we can maybe if we go to the mountains that will be solitude and it can be but really it's a state of mind solitude can be practiced no matter where we find ourselves it's not dependent on how many people are around us but are we really intentive attentive to what God's doing in our heart You're going to see another slide that that appears in these two statements that solitude is a powerful tool for living a balanced life. And then this one, solitude is an inner silence. It's a quietness that impacts my words and actions. Now for some of you, you know what comes out of your mouth, especially in this season, isn't God-honoring. I want to challenge you to be a person of solitude. You see, solitude brings us a silence that we actually can speak the words of God. Solitude is silence. It gives us the opportunity to actually open our eyes and our e- and our ears to see and to hear. It's not that we have to practice in complete silence. It's not a a matter of control, but it's us going, I can actually hear from God. James said this perfectly in James chapter 3, that the person who can control his tongue is actually perfect. Under the the spiritual discipline of, of silence and solitude, we actually learn when to speak and when to be quiet. One of the outcomes of silence is is the freedom to let God be God, and to let God actually be your defender. You don't have to straighten others out. It's not your job. You don't have to convince others that you're right. God fights your battles for you. Bonhoeffer says this, real silence, real stillness, Really holding one another's tongue only comes as the sober, uh, sober consequence of spiritual stillness. It's important to remember that spiritual disciplines are the things that we do. Just like we go to the gym. You know, if I was to think of a physical activity for this spiritual discipline, what it reminds me of is when you go see the chiropractor. The chiropractor aligns you. You see, solitude aligns us to the Father. Well, we started this this service with reading from Psalm 46. I want you to hear these words, and I I want you to hear these words in a different way. Normally, these words make up a worship song, or these words are are words that we love because David penned them. But these words really are are words of David being called into this solitude. David's hiding in a cave. God's asking him to be quiet and know that he's God. Let's read these words. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Will not fear, though the earth gives way. As the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, its waters roar and foam. And the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the most holy dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of the day. Nations are in uproar. Sounds very familiar today. Kingdoms fall. God lifts up his voice. And the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The Son, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations that he has brought on the earth. God makes war cease. To the ends of the earth. He breaks the, the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Then God proclaims this to David, be still, be quiet, don't say anything, no I'm God, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in all the earth, the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. This psalm was written in turbulent times for God's people, there was all kinds of uncertainty, There were a number of difficulties that David, the author, faced. Many of them are similar to the difficulties that we feel like we're facing. In the midst of those things, David says this, and he learns these lessons. In solitude, we always move from fear into strength. We're a worried people. We might even have uttered these words at some point in the last six months, what is happening God we might even be scared of of getting something or losing something but as Christians as Christ followers how are we to respond to all of this we respond like David hiding in a cave trying to figure out where God is in all of this remember what David said I'll not be afraid My God speaks to the wind. He speaks to the waves. He tells them to be still. My God is still in command of the winds and the waves and the sea and all the elements of nature. I cannot be afraid. God is my refuge and strength. But David also learned this lesson about solitude. In solitude, we actually discover security and safety. Here David is picturing the nations are in uproar. Kingdoms are falling. There's great changes that are taking place. It sounds like today. Nations are in uproar. But we don't have to be. The psalmist said this, I will not be moved. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. But how? How? How can you say those things when you look at what's happening in nature? It makes us all fearful. How do you look at nations that are changing and not be filled with a sense of uncertainty? How do I as a believer, how do I as a disciple of Jesus grow and rise above it all? Well, the answer is in verse 10. In solitude, we actually embrace solitude we're calm we're calm what does God command in the midst of all these changes what does God tell us to do in the midst of stress and pressure that seems to be way beyond our breaking point God looks at us and says be still in the midst of it all be still have you notice the amount of noise that you have in your life there are so many things that are begging for our attention there's technology everywhere in your house some of you just call out to alexa or siri right now our children want our attention the boss needs to talk to us our family needs us to help us maybe you're like me you walk into the house you turn on the tv So that you don't have to deal with quietness someone has said this the three words that summarize how most of us spend our lives is simply by hurrying worrying and scurrying but God goes be still God can be your refuge God can be your strength but only if you stop long enough to listen only if you stop long enough for him to speak If you don't believe me about solitude and silence, then look at Jesus. Last time I checked, he got a whole bunch done in his three years of ministry. Jesus had people always wanting his attention. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, come visit me. Jesus, come teach me. And yet he always found time to be alone with God, to be quiet. Even the Old Testament authors thought of the importance of solitude. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. Then what does it say? In quietness and trust is your strength. In quietness, it forms trust, which is our strength. Maybe some of you will remember this, and this ties into Thanksgiving a little bit. We used to buy salad dressing in the little craft bottle. And if you let it sit for so long, it started to separate. And every meal, you'd have to shake it up to get it all mixed up. Muddy water becomes clear if you only let it be still for a little while. The same is true for us when we are still and we embrace solitude it gives us the space to actually rethink our attitudes about people and events it gives us the space to actually have the the ability to see God and see what God does in in first Kings we see man's response Elijah he was all upset God had used him in a mighty way, but the queen wanted to kill Elijah. So Elijah got all alone, and he started to complain to God. God, I'm the only one left. In silence, God said, no, I have 7,000 left in Israel who still love me. You're not alone. In solitude, we actually rethink our attitudes about people and what we see solitude actually takes off takes the world off our shoulders maybe just for a moment and interrupts our habit of constantly trying to manage things of being in control of thinking if i can just figure it out remember david in the midst of trials in the midst of king saul trying to chase after him he remembered that god was his fortress that God was still in control. All right, Matt, this is nice. Thanks for this message. How do I actually embrace a practice of solitude in my life? These are going to pop up on your screen. You'll be able to walk through the journey of what does it actually mean to, to begin to have solitude in our life. The very first one is we need to get alone. It's no coincidence that, that Jesus actually talked to us about, go into your closet. The second thing, anytime we're, we're committing to a, a time of, of solitude or quiet, we need to bring our Bible. That is the easiest way for God to speak to us. So we get alone, we get into our Bible, and then here's a really practical Uh, step for you. I I want you to bring a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper. I know that as I've worked to have solitude in my life and silence in my life, what happens is when I start to be quiet, the to-do list starts to run through my mind. And I need to do this and I need to do that and solitude is long gone. On that blank piece of paper, I want you to put two columns. On one column, I want you to write all the junk things that, is going, uh, that are going through your mind. Your mind actually works really great. Once you write it down, your mind seems to be like, okay, you're going to deal with it. On the other column, I want you to, to write the things that God starts to impress on your heart. In Matthew eleven, twenty eight 28 through 30, Jesus said this, come, come to me when you're weary and heavy laden and i'll give you rest but i'm going to give you rest in silence so how do i grow as a as a christ follower as a disciple how do i actually rise above where we're at in our world right now i get alone with god i i be still i embrace solitude let's pray god if i said anything that wasn't of you May you take it from my friends' minds. If you use me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about your Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. God, we need to have silence and solitude even in the midst of the season we find ourselves in. We know you want to speak. May we begin the practice of being still, and knowing that you're God. We ask all this in your name, amen.
1: Thanks, Matt. And those three points that you just saw, that were just listed, are so valuable. And the homework for this week is taking those three things, and I'm gonna simplify it even just a little bit more. Uh, One of the things that I know is it's easy for me to fill an entire devotional time doing this. Flipping and being like, oh, maybe I'll do Isaiah. Oh, Daniel. Oh, oh, what's, the, oh what's the commentary saying? And you just, that you, you can still busy yourself in the presence of the Lord. And so what I would encourage you to do is right at the very beginning, give yourself one minute and one minute alone to pick a verse. And then once you've picked that verse and you have that pen and paper beside you, then you read that one verse and then you're just calm. And you just, in your own spirit, in your heart, just say, Lord, what do you have to say to me through this? And as the mind starts to wander, just pull it back and read that verse again. The mind starts to wander, maybe you need to write something down. The mind pulls away, come back. And I am, I'm confident that that will be very difficult for most of us. This is not an easy practice, but in doing this, it's choosing to trust that the Lord, as we still ourselves before him, can actually help speak in ways that we've never given him time to do. The Lord desires to speak to you and to speak to you in places of silence and solitude. So that's my encouragement. Take one verse and then meditate on it. Reflect on it, come back to it, and do that process. I would love to hear a story of someone who spends 15 minutes this next week, just 15 minutes trying that and maybe list and like send a text to us. What was the verse and what were some things that God taught you and emerged? Maybe what were some things that were very difficult? And we would love to be able to share one or two of those stories next Sunday just to encourage all of us as we continue to grow in our spiritual disciplines. God bless. Um, Let me just close in a quick benediction. May you go with the peace of our Lord. May you carry his grace ever before you. May you know that his mercies are new every morning and every evening. And that may you today, as you give thanks for all of the good things, continue to remember that there is the one, our Lord Jesus Christ, we can be supremely thankful for, even when all things else feel like they're crumbling around us. Go in peace.